Blog Talk Radio. The Marketing Technology Blog Radio Show with Douglas Carr, founder of the Marketing Technology Blog and author of Corporate Blogging for Dummies, online marketing strategies, web, search, social, email, mobile, news, tips, tricks, and best practices from actual marketers, search professionals, and social media experts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Friday, April 20th. We are here with uh, the famous... <laughs> you were in this office. Yeah, you were famous before. Now right. you are. There you are. Isaac Sullivan from uh, Tinderbox. Tinderbox is a client of ours. And Isaac is a marketer, has uh, worked for a few companies. Typically, we start off the show, we talk about, you know, who are you? Why, why should we listen to you? Um, <laughs> well, I work with you. So oh, no, that's you know, it? You uh, Yeah. You should be listening to me because... Um, <laughs> Because I can extend your contract. You know? yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's why we have to go on the show. Please, retention, customer retention. Yeah. Um, no, I've, I've had the I've had the privilege of working um, through a couple startups, and uh, after graduating from college, um, actually worked to um, to get a church started that had ten people, and um, did that for five years, and until they grew to about four hundred fifty, and um, and then I moved to Indianapolis and got into technology um, and uh, worked at Compendium, which is a content marketing platform, and um, we was able to learn a lot from um, from that experience and, and sure. taking a taking a product to market and um, learning how to um, how to differentiate and um, and then got into marketing automation through. Um, through that experience, and um, and then joined Tinderbox. So, um, and, and the thing about your history that's that's I think uh, unique and and probably a great benefit to to listeners on here is that you've always kind of worked in environments where it's lean and mean. Yeah, yeah. I've I've never been in a situation where I had a lot of money to spend, and I think the benefit of that is that it helps you measure things effectively. So you're not throwing so much money at something that you can't tell what's working and what's not. Right. Um, you can inflate a lot of things by throwing dollars at it, and when you don't have it, um, you're you're gonna you're gonna walk, keep a careful eye on on everything. Yeah. You know, on that on that mark, I, I was I read a thing. Paul Cheney actually retweeted about a USA Today article where they said that the the Fortune 100, or I think it might be a Fortune 100 or Fortune 500, have slowly stopped blogging. Mm-hmm. And and of course, it's a newspaper talking about blogging in a negative light, which you know yeah. you see that all the time. But but the interesting thing to me was that of course they stopped because it's it's hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're a large corporation, you could just go spend additional money elsewhere. And I think. Two things, you know. One is, one is that the 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 first thing is you can go spend money elsewhere and just go buy business. Right? You can go advertise. You can pay the hefty, you know, pay per click cost. You have a big staff. You have a big budget and everything else. But the second thing too is, if you're a Fortune 500 company, you're 
you've already built your authority. Yeah. You have a ton of people following you. So, and, and, you know, with blogging and content marketing, it's all about building authority. So, of course, I, I, I mean, I almost think that it's not even a surprise that large companies would try blogging and abandon it. Yeah. Because it's too hard. Yeah, well, and it, I think I think previously it's been it's been about the results that you can um, that you can get right away. It was all focused right. on search, and as we've seen, it shift toward toward content marketing and and the, that type of um, that type of language. Um, we're returning to to the central principles that right. um, that you need to be you need to be relevant and be adding value. Yeah. And that it's not about being the loudest; it's about being the most relevant. Right. And uh, but if you're on top of the, if you're at the top of the tree, if you're on the top of the pyramid, yeah, you you're already loud. You're already you yeah. already kind of got it. You know. Yeah, you you can. It's funny because I think um, I love, you know, I I love music and um, and watching the difference between bands and watching a headliner versus the independent bands, and you know, it. I think it's it's interesting to see you see the same thing happen there, where you get grassroots movements and you get um, people connecting with a lesser known band um, because what they're writing is relevant, and, yeah. and somehow that um, that maybe a little more powerful, a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 someone on my level who understands me, and so giving um, them more of my attention. Well, that's a good that's a good analogy too because you know a small band has to has to work a lot harder too, right? Yeah. You got to go nights, you know, at the local yeah. bar. You got to go play bar mitzvahs, you know, do whatever you can to try to kind of grow that following. Where a big band just has to wait for you know Madison Square Garden or whatever, and they and they sell tickets. So it's it is, I. I that's a really cool analogy because I, I think there's a lot of, uh, I mean, obviously a band in order to be successful, it's all about the marketing and fan base. Yeah. So it's not unlike that with the technology company that you, you've got to just really do some grunt work and get that fan base built. You yeah. Know? And you, you've never had the thousands of dollars of pay-per-click budget or, yeah, anything. You've relied what blogging, some ad placement, conferences, yeah. webinars. Yeah, just um, just focusing on getting a a targeted, relevant audience, and and knowing that you appreciate that, um, appreciating what that is, and you get the same thing. Going back to the music analogy, the number of bands over the past years that have started doing living room shows where. They might do a couple big shows, but from city to city, they're saying, "Hey, who wants to host us for a night?" They get lodging, and they you, you play for 50 people, and they yeah. love that experience. It's, those are the people that, when they come the next year, they can get in the bigger place, but they didn't have to. They didn't have to print out tons of flyers and, right. and get on the um, get in the, the neon lights right. to right. do it. Um, they they could be patient and make sure that they're building loyalty and proving value because. Um, the medium is the message, and and if you can get people talking about the experience that they had, and, and the intimate experience that yeah. they had, um, yeah. So, are we talking about music or software? <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but, I mean, it's a great analogy. I think it, it lends itself 
really well, you know, to to the conversation. Yeah. If you're a small business or a new business, um, even if you're well-funded and you're a new business, the problem is, is that the, the noise in the marketplace is about other people. Mm-hmm. And somehow you've got to, you know, with the minimal resources that you have, you've got to kind of build a wedge where you can you can start, you know, digging into that. And you guys, I think Tinderbox, you know, you've got, you know, you've got several scenarios. For people that don't know, uh, Tinderbox is an online sales proposal building tool. Um, it's it's very easy to use. We've been using it ever since um, ever since we started working with you guys. Um, we love it. It's tailored. It looks like we're a million dollar company when we hand someone a proposal. Um, you know, we just give them a link and a password. They they log in. We see that they logged in. You know, and they they basically push a button and we're you know we know that we sold them. Um, it allows for video. It allows for uh, additional documentation to be attached. It's got uh, you know you guys are, are starting to get some advanced you know um, features into it that that are you know would blow away um, you know what other people are doing. Can we mention like redlining or? Yeah, yeah, we can talk about no, that. No, yeah. and, and and I think I think um, the the best way to talk about it is. Um, is you know where where we want to revolutionize the proposal experience. So right. typically, um, historically, proposals haven't been the most fun thing to um, <laughs> to put together or to work through. Um, but um, it's only fun when they when they accept it. Yeah. Um, but um, so I got a question. So yeah. No. Go ahead. I got a question. So if I'm pitching a service to you and I use your service to send you a proposal, does that give me an automatic end? <laughs> An automatic in. Does it help? Does it help? Are you saying because you're selling two Tinder boxes? <laughs> if I'm selling two Tinder boxes, I use your service. Does it, you know, kind of give me an automatic in? It it always helps. It's <laughs> always friendly to find. Um, yeah, you know, I'm just saying, right? It's a good point. Yeah, it's it's a great point, and I it's um and it, and again that takes into account knowing knowing your audience, and that that's what we want to highlight. Is is how can we give people a tool where um, we have enough tools to um, give you insight into who your audience is. Right. And so if you're using, um, you know, you have your website optimized, you're using marketing automation, you have an email platform, blogging platform, you're using all these tools to push out content, um, you're tracking what keyword that lead is searched to find you, what white paper they downloaded, their path through your website. So by the time you have a conversation with them and put together a proposal, it should be a very um, personal document, and we believe it shouldn't just be um, be a lame PDF um, yeah. Word document, but something where you're helping that person. You know, you're typically talking to one person in a company, maybe a couple people, but as soon as you deliver the proposal and, and they're about to put money down, um, all of a sudden a bunch of people get involved in the decision-making process. Right. So how do you make sure that what your the value that you've been working on sharing with that person they're able to sell internally. And so um so we wanted to have a way to to embed rich media, let people take advantage of video, shoot a video of yourself introducing the proposal, just um, you know, just decrease the distance um between yourself. Don't let technology get in the way of um of being impersonal. Well like 
everything else that we're doing from a marketing standpoint, the opportunity to test as well, right? Because mm-hmm. you guys, you know, you guys have basically we can go into today and we can see how many proposals we've done versus mm-hmm. how many have closed. So now I can start looking at what what are the common elements of things that have closed better, mm-hmm. you know, versus not. What's yeah. the difference between these people? Yeah, and knowing knowing who how much time they spend on each section is valuable. It lets you tweak it the next time around. Um, what elements should you be adding? Um, but also knowing um, who else it's being passed to. Um, right. You know, if you know it, the relationship that you develop with that person, um, that you, you show them a demo or, um, you know, they're your point of contact, if they start talk, if they send your proposal to the legal department and you can um, do a LinkedIn search, find out who they're sending it to, that changes your conversation. You know, you get on the phone, you say, you say, hey, is there anything I can do for you? Maybe yeah. you mention that you noticed it went to someone in the legal department. Do you, you know, I know how valuable this solution is yeah. to you and your department. Do you need any support? Is there anything you need help selling this internally? Right. And, um, and just be, being armed with that, um, you know, it's so important to make the prospect the, the um, center of attention, make them the hero of their company for making a wise decision. Yeah. And so making sure that they have the resources. Um, I think that's, that's an important part of, of a, a sales, salesperson toolkit. It's almost, it's almost you know, like the, the way that I look at LinkedIn and the way that it's revolutionized, you know, the, I, I tell people, don't even, don't give me a resume anymore. Don't bother mm-hmm. because I'm going to go look you up on LinkedIn and I'm going to see who your network is and I'm going to see, you know, who's said that you work out great, what your history is, and all of those things. Yeah. But it's interactive, right? I, it's live, it's real time, it's all of these things. It's almost the same thing with you guys. I'm not getting, I'm not handing you a piece of paper with a PDF that says the same BS that I handed the last ten people. Yeah. You know, now I'm now I'm customizing and personalizing, you know, the message straight for you and it's interactive where yeah. you know, you can go to it, share it, you know, do whatever, talk about it. Um so yeah, I, it's a it's a cool tool. And this, the great thing is you guys deal with mom and pops all the way up to huge enterprise corporations yeah. utilizing it. Yeah, yeah, we um yeah, it's one of those things that, you know, be we're we're a little over two years old, um, and defining our market segment. Um so there's a lot of people that write proposals and there's a lot of people who want to do it better. Um it's it's easy to, you know, at a previous company I was researching some products that we were going to use and, and I looked at six different vendors and they all sent me almost an identical PowerPoint presentation with blurry images and that didn't scale right when I printed it and all those things that yeah. um you know, how do you differentiate yourself from, from yeah. the other six that, that are being evaluated and um cause, and we talked about this on our the the webinar that you did with us. Um Showing you're selling them on the value, um, and and you're you're not you're not talking about how much it costs. You're talking about how much it's going to improve and impact yeah. um, the the bottom line. The maybe it's time saving, whatever metric they're most. Yeah. So for an enterprise customer, it might be just that you're shaving two hours per proposal per employee times you know eighty employees, which Oh my God! Right, so that's, that's, that's half a million dollars in savings just on time. Right, 
but for someone like DK New Media, it's we get to put a proposal out that makes us look like we're a twenty million dollar company. Exactly. The other the other thing that is is nice about your solution is if if, if you ask any top tier salesperson what good marketing means to them, good marketing means that you've given them enough information whereby they can personalize it and tell their own story to to the prospect or the customer. And that's what I like about what you guys are doing. It allows the salesperson or whoever is generating the proposal as part of the sales process to extend that level of personalization. Mm -hmm. So the story is consistent. It lets the, the sales effort continue in the way that salespeople like it. Like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. And and it's really important because if your salespeople don't engage with it, if they don't use it, they'll be less effective. Mm-hmm. They'll go on to what they think is the next best opportunity. Yes. Whereas this provides them with the kind of tool that they actually like to use. Yeah. That's a great point. You you know, you don't think about that very often, but if you sit there and you send your sales teams out and you schmooze the customer and you talk mm-hmm. and you find out all their problems and everything else. And then they say, well, go ahead and send us a proposal. And so someone sits, you know, in a dank office and writes this 50-page, you know, document, sends out this boring-ass PDF, right? Yep. And everything that was energized and momentum and everything else stops. Yeah. It just stops. Yeah. Because now it's, now it's uh, the and they gotta send this illegal and they gotta send us a year and they gotta Yeah, you know, and then and then the, hey, did you read the proposal yet? No, we haven't had time. We haven't you know Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think really a lot I think a lot about the way that marketing and sales teams work together. Yeah. And that that's a huge topic right now. Alignment, there there's a there's a bunch of buzzwords and everyone's trying to coin a new phrase around that. Um but but your title, your title is the new. It is, it is, right? It's revenue marketer, which, which means, uh, yeah. Which, which gives me a definitive reason for why, um, why I should stick around. Or, yeah, you can't let go. You, you can't know. talk to your boss about. Well, we got a hundred more people to the site this month, right? And he doesn't care. It, it comes down to: is it important that we that X number of people opened an email, or are we really measuring engagement? That's yeah. That's really what that means, and it, I think it's a healthy shift for for marketers to um, those metrics are important, but they're not they're not the metric that you communicate to to the executive team. Yeah. Um, they don't care how many Twitter followers you have; they care how many of those Twitter followers are going to impact the bottom line. Well, yeah. The, the, did you? I don't know if, if if you guys follow me on Facebook, but I shared. Uh, it was Willy Wonka. It was a great picture of Willy Wonka. <laughs> it is uh, tell me again, social media consultant. Why are fans more important than revenue? Yeah, I I love that. Uh, <laughs> I, I I thought man, that is that hits the nail on the head. Somewhere in the organization, you might have someone that loves that you have a big fan base and loves the the esoteric value of an audience and everything else. Eventually, you're going to climb the ladder to somebody that says, "How much does this cost? And how much are we making doing this?" Yeah. Right. Yeah. So even if you're the kind of marketer that says, "Oh, we're just you know building love and our brand and everything yeah, else, loyalty, eventually, awareness," eventually someone up the ladder is going to go, 
how much are we spending? How much are we making? Yeah, well, and that I think typically it's always been the um, the sales team that that have looked like the rock stars. You yeah. know, hey, I closed this. I had this relationship. I did this, and all of that is well deserved. And so, um, how can how is marketing involved in in that process? And it, and it comes down to um, to the well, like you were saying before the carrying the momentum from marketing into sales. And so if you're if you're both teams are aware of of they have a shared goal and they know what the message is, um, you know, and if the tool that they're using can be impacted by by marketing yeah. and it makes it easy for the sales team to to Marty's point, um, it's good to have a product and this will be the sales pitchy part, but um, but your free marketing, marketing marketing can have their approved content, lock yep. certain things down. Um, but it's easy enough for the salesperson to generate a proposal that looks nice that that you're you're helping to build the trust. And it's important to have an ongoing conversation about how to improve that. Right. Um, but not everyone is going off and making their own proposal from a template six months oh, ago, sure. and they haven't gotten the latest one that was uploaded to some central yeah. library. You know, if you look at the, I'll give you another example. If you look at the CRM industry, a big part of the competitive growth cycle that has occurred over the last, say, 10 years between <laughs> companies like, you know, back in the days when Siebel was still acquired, Oracle, obviously, Salesforce, a big part of that whole competitive scenery was how do we get our sales force to actually use the darn thing? Yeah. And, and and in turn, how can we make it more effective to help them close deals? Yeah. Fast forward to the year 2012, and we still have this dilemma where companies are providing their sales teams, you know, very rich, uh, feature-rich solutions, but they're not helping them they're not helping their sales force close more deals. Well, that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a, I mean, you're, hey, you're killing it today. Yeah. You need to break your ankle more often. <laughs> so it's a question of, you know, do you want to keep buying more candy bars with the hopes that you'll find the golden ticket? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or do you want to get really smart about it and, and go to one of the key areas where it's been proven that if you use a tool like yours, mm-hmm. that you're, you're bringing back this arsenal that salespeople actually use. They close more deals. It makes everyone. It makes marketing look good as well. Well, yeah. and, and you know, it, it just makes me think. You know that I don't know that a proposal has ever been thought of in the past as something that assisted in the closing of a deal, mm-hmm. right? Right. It was just basically this kind of legal document that you had to get out of the way and get in front of somebody. But I don't know that you would ever come out of like a sales cycle and you're like, I'm not sure if we're going to pick these guys or not. And then you read the sales proposal and said, oh, my God, that sales proposal blew me away. We were absolutely signing. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen before with documents, right? Yeah. But the opportunity with Tinderbox is, and 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 believe me, I, we're not trying to make this a sale. I, I I mean, this is an open conversation. I think just about how how Isaac is, you know, marketing Tinderbox and stuff, and and uh, you know, hopefully it'll, uh, you know, people can take away snippets of this for their own company. But 
seriously, you know, you guys aren't just a online sales proposal. You guys are a new tool that can actually be an asset to improving your close rates right. with sales yeah. if used right, right? Yeah. You know, and we, we talked about that on the webinar a yeah. lot. You know, yeah, personalization, customization, utilizing video and multimedia. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, keeping it to a minimum, talking about the benefits. Yeah. You know, uh, that that's a different type of sales proposal than, you know, hiring the old RFP person, mm-hmm. you know, to answer the 45 questions type deal. Well, right. and, and to Doug's point, you know, it, in the not-too-distant past, marketers, you know, love to think about the things that they believe make their company more competitive, stronger. Mm-hmm. The marketplace and the competition are focusing on all the things that make you look weak. A, you know, a, a potential customer is, they don't want to see weakness right. anywhere in the process. And I think to your point, Doug, that's why proposals, especially in this age where, you know, everything does matter. Yeah. The social components matter, you know, how you're effectively using video, mm-hmm. all of those ingredients. It, yeah it takes one of the weak links in the sales process and makes it strong. Right. Well, and I think about um, the the evolution, you know, you take it, if we rewind 10 years or 12 years, you know, it was it was email marketing and, right. and hey, we can, we can develop a relationship with people. Like, we don't need to sell them today, but we need to provide value for them to raise their hand again down the road. Right. And we develop nurturing and um, and then we personalize that. We include little fields with yeah, our name. We make sure that we do yeah. this. And and hey, if we use bullet points, those are more readable. And and right. we can and seg- segmenting the database and not sending one message to everybody, um, but dialing it in. And then then we get to to using blogging, and we we make some of the same realizations that um, that. No longer is it about sending people to the website, but it's about having a bunch of content that hits a long tail of um, of problems because not everyone is going to have the same problem, and so um, why would you so them the same thing? Yeah. Right. So let them find us on a bunch of different ways, and then well, how can we get more content? Well, let's use our customer stories, and let's let's um, use let's tap into our email answers that we're sending people, and that can be blog content. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, the um, – oh, I hate that phrase at the end of the day. I, I, I need to, I need to like, pay a dollar or something for saying it. Where, dog? But the, um, um, the a proposal is still content, and I think yeah. – um, and that's where not only – and I was um, – talking with another one of your clients right on interactive, but um, where their focus is is customer life cycle. So it's not just about a lead to a customer, um, but it's knowing that every piece of content is going to create an advocate and it's all about the experience. Right. And in this day, most of what separates us um, as from one person to another is the experience that we're providing. And and it's funny because we have so many measurements, and we know that the thing that um, that is a uh, differentiator is actually hard to measure. I, I think right. that's such a 
it's kind of an irony, but we measure everything else around it for it help tell us whether or not we're providing a good experience. Yeah, you mentioned something that is, that's a good point, but there, it goes along with the misconception that, you know, in this business that that you shouldn't be trying to sell someone every time you communicate with them. Mm-hmm. The, the reality is that prospects and customers know exactly what you're trying to do. Yeah. No matter what you're sending them, um, they they know that you that they want you want their attention. Mm-hmm. I think the key though is that you know instead of it being a blatant sales effort, literally every time you you send something to them or have a you know a full conversation, is that you do two things: you you keep the dialogue open, mm-hmm. in other words, regular and timely communications. So that when the time does come for some action or opportunity, it's top of mind. Right. And then I think separately uh, and concurrently with that activity, you focus on the notion that if you know them well enough, you'll be able to provide them with the information they need at that time. But I think there's this misconception that marketers are really good at fooling themselves into believing that, you know, Oh, we're not trying to sell you. We're just trying to provide value and content and everything. Well, of course you are. Right. Yeah. And of course they know that. Right. The key is to be relevant and to maintain a dialogue. Or, or just be honest. Absolutely. You know, we're we're talking about your next webinar with Chris mm-hmm. Chris Baggett, you know, and and Isaac was asking me like some of the things that I liked about Chris and I, one of the things that I love about Chris is he is totally unapologetic that the reason why I'm talking to you is because I want you to buy our product. Mm-hmm. But but he he puts that out immediately. Mm-hmm. You know that so it's not this tug of war. We're both BSing each other. You know I I like you, Marty. I'm gonna slap you on the back and buy you a beer. No, <laughs> look, you got a problem. I got a solution. I think you can help your problem. You, you yeah. know let's let's sign the. Yeah. Let's, find the, let's accept the proposal. You know, and then I'll buy you a beer. Yes, then I'll buy you a beer. Nice. Well, let's, let's take a break. Uh, I want to thank our uh, sponsors, Delivera. When we get back, I want to talk more about you utilize basically uh, a lot of mediums. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's talk about that alignment yeah. as far as how you're utilizing webinars, conferences, mm-hmm. you know, the blog, you know, everything, and then what kind of responses that you're getting back from those. Yeah, that'd be great. So we'll be back in just a second here. Delivera has been providing email software and professional services for more than 13 years. Delivera helps businesses and organizations execute effective email marketing campaigns by providing dynamic software and professional services, from full-out consulting engagements to help when you need it in areas such as design, production, deliverability, and testing. Voted one of the 2011 best places to work in Indiana and one of Inc. 5000's fastest-growing companies. Delivera partners with businesses and organizations across all industries and verticals and truly opens its doors each and every day to put the customer first. To learn more about Delivera, visit www.delivera.com or call 866-915-9465. Tell them you heard about Delivera from the Marketing Technology Blog. 
we love the food that deliver um, They really take care of their customers. And I think over the, you know, it's interesting that DKD Media is now, I don't know when our official anniversary date is, but I think we're coming on like two years of serious business, you know. And one of the things that we continually gravitate towards is these companies that really care about their customers. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's pretty interesting when you look at, like, you know, now we've, you know, any people have Cha-Cha, MindJet, WebTrends, um, <laughs> Zoomerang, you know, which is SurveyMonkey now, Tinderbox, Delivera. It's really funny because we didn't know that we were going to be a B2B tech <laughs> you know, agency, but that's slowly what we're migrating to. And, and these people just, <coughs> all of what they have in common is they really love kind of taking care of customers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, that's I just wanted to add that with Delivera. But talk a little bit about, you know, the mediums that you're utilizing right now for your marketing efforts because mm-hmm. they are low cost and high, you know, mm-hmm. um, obviously uh, you're getting great responses from them. And how do you differentiate? Yeah, so um, so most of what we've been doing for a while has been um, we we've we've had a big focus on on content. So um, we've had uh, we've we've actively been pushing content um, to our blog, and um, so so SEO and having having the right content, that long tail of content um, to bring bring people to us um, has been a very effective effective channel and um, and I'm not just saying that because DK New Media helps with that strategy, but that's that's a big piece and we so we have our, our SEO um, which is driven by by content um, and understanding what what our audience, what problems we want to solve that that dictates what keywords we, and we want to win. And that's important, too, because you're not sitting there talking about sales proposals over and over and over in blog posts. The content is directed towards what your audience's problems are. Right. So you're becoming of value to them on a wide range of issues that they have, not just limited to sales proposals. Right. And and that's, and the, the best part about that when you think about, you know, writing three blog posts a week and getting those published is you can try out different things. Like um, this week we talked about marketing and sales alignment and sometimes we talk about um, you know managing a sales team and, and what what about the nuts and bolts of proposal. So it's it's everything around that right. but um, you know we want we want it to be beneficial to whoever's reading it. Um, and and we, we want it to to help them in whatever endeavor, and we want to be the people that are that are saying that. That's how you um, that's how you generate authority. Well, it's, and it's important that it also uh, pervades to the to the reader that you understand their business. Yeah, you understand the problems that they're going to. You even though you're one solution, you know, in one corner of you know their overall strategy. Hey, we understand your overall strategy, mm-hmm. and 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 we understand how we fit into that. Yeah, you know, and I think that's, you know, a lot of people just, you, you know, we were talking about it this week. And Marty and I, um, you know, we we love MindJet. We've been using it a lot more for like mind mapping and stuff like that. But the fact is, is that we need to get to know the company even yeah. better. 
and we've been working with them for a while, but we still have this kind of uneasy disconnect, is it? You know, where we we want to know, we want to get in their minds, you know, yeah. no, no pun intended. Um, but we're going to have a meeting with them, you know, and discuss that. That we're doing all these things tactically, but we don't feel comfortable because we don't feel like we really have a solid bearing on the big picture. Yeah. And and if we want to succeed as their as their you know vendor, yeah, we need to understand their big picture. And we know that we're not going to be as effective with them unless we understand that. And I think that's the yeah. you know similar analogy with you guys is you can't just ignore everything else that's going on with sales. You yeah. guys are embedded now with. Um, app exchange and have a really strong Salesforce integration. Um, you guys are watching how people are utilizing tools in that space and how you can, you know, help their processes. Yeah, and I, I think the, the important thing, I, I think this is just innate to human nature, is that you, you're going to be, you're going to feel uh, yeah, you know, we, we were talking about possible titles for different webinars and stuff, you know, selling without fear. And I was kind of thinking about that topic and what does it take to do that? And it, it's it's not when you stop thinking about yourself. If you just walk up to somebody that you want to get to know, um, you don't just say, hey, here's who I am. You, you try to find a way to share an experience. Yeah. I and mean, that's, you know, if you go to a concert with somebody, if you, you have some shared experience, it's something that you can both you now have two perspectives, and you can talk about that perspective. And right. so, um, so the content, the the blog content, the content that we that we do for webinars, we want it to be um, something where it it can be a shared experience that we're talking about. We're not talking about us. We're talking about hey, we all have different opinions about this. Let's talk about it. And that that's um, I believe it was um, it was on. Stephen Colbert this week. He's talking about he's talking about creativity. The great marketer, Stephen yeah. Colbert. Oh, brilliant marketer. <laughs> um, yeah, talking about creating a lot of content around other people's content. But he's um, yeah, he had an author talking about creativity and and what it means to imagine. And it's just that that realization that it's nothing is really new. It's just we have new connections. Yeah, and and so. You can only have a new connection with somebody if, if there's somebody else there to to have it. So the right content that that is something similar to what someone else experiences, and they say, "Hey, that that does sound like me. I I experienced that problem." And sometimes you have to write it ten different ways before it connects. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The same message over and over, but until it resonates with me yep. and my problem. And it, you understand my problem. Yep. And invite the conversation. Um, you know, that's I think that's that's something that um that you guys do well is inviting the conversation. Um, you know, whether it's in LinkedIn or whatever, like like it's okay to talk about something um maybe you're a little controversial or yeah. throw your opinion out there. Say it's your opinion and, and see See how people react. You know, get get people emotionally involved. Um, I do that. That yeah, you do. Along those lines, uh, one of the, I mean, among the cool things I really enjoy about what you, the whole notion that you can track viewers and, and track how 
what content is actually being mm-hmm. is being viewed preferentially. Yeah. How how is that being used? Well, it it provides one. It you have consistency. So when you have consistency and you have volume, you can start to say, "Hey, this resonates." When we have this as part of the story that we're telling about, you know, how, how do we introduce ourselves? Especially again at the point of proposal. Hopefully, you've identified the problem. So so your marketing team, your sales team is connected on on the problem. So you have. You hopefully have that ironed out, but now how do you how do you show that you're the per, the right person to solve that problem? Um, you're going to include different things, and so maybe how you how you arrange those? Do you do you lead with that? Do you um, so if, so if seven people that are viewing the proposal are spending eighty percent of their time on pricing, yeah, that might be a problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and you have immediate visibility. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to ask them because you know. You know right. that they're just shopping. Yeah. And what, what kind of sections do you see that with your customers, you know, that or you know, when you guys write proposals that are that are interesting that you never thought that they would spend a lot of time on, but but they actually do and they like it. Um you know, I I th- I think the the trend I and mean, this this is gonna be so um so cliche, but video. I, yeah. Um, we know we know that people like engaging with video. That's why um, there are whole platforms dedicated to it, and and everything is trying to add. Well, how can you quickly create video, and how can you quickly create great video, and and how do you embed YouTube, all right. that stuff? Um, you know, short videos. Introduce yourself. Put a face with it. Um, you know, we've We've got a, a four-minute video, and, and everybody everybody watches that. You can't help but push the play button. That's awesome. um, and so I, yeah, I, I think there's there's something about about that that across the board. Yeah. Well, who wants to read a boring-ass proposal, right? Right. So a video is just this incredible change. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's, that's something that we're seeing in the real estate industry in particular. We actually just just today rolled out uh, virtual tours with video, mm-hmm. and so we had to go through and build the whole infrastructure on the back end. Where mm-hmm. uh, you know our biggest concern with this is that realtors are going to go out and they're going to use their crappy uh, you know cell phone camera and yeah. take some video and upload that, and expect it to look good on a, a two thousand pixel screen. You know, yeah, um, and, and they will, and, and you know so. You know, we have to go through the whole process of mitigating yeah. as much of that as possible, and then, and on top of that, you know, making sure that it's going to play mm-hmm. in multiple browsers and all that stuff. So yeah. there's a whole lot of stuff goes into the background. Yeah. And, you know, you just say, oh, video. Yeah, I'm going to take my video and I'm going to upload it. I'm done. And it's yeah. not the same thing because, especially in a proposal, um, the last thing you want is to upload it to YouTube and the YouTube video, and then at the end of it, have it show other videos. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Your competition. Yeah. 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 And it, it it follows the principle of show me, don't tell me. Um, you know, I, um, my wife and I have been shopping for a house, and there's nothing more frustrating than getting to a listing, and it has a picture of the outside or no picture at all. And the ones that we pay the most attention to are the ones that have 35 pictures, and and it's not, a, and the video is a slideshow of pictures. That's more annoying. Yeah. Um, but it's an actual 
like walkthrough. It's like here's the street, here's the. Well, I laugh at the whole not a slideshow thing because um, you know you did you clarified it. You said the video isn't a slideshow. A lot of agents that's what they want. They want yeah. a slideshow, a video that's a slideshow. You know, whereas you know you can get into yeah. full motion video. Yeah. And I'm already listening to my own music when I do it. So please don't give me the. I hate. The can again, I think that's the difference. I think the biggest hindrance to, to marketers is is paying attention to the data to the point where it hinders the experience. Yeah. So, oh, great. Like, you know, I did it, we were talking about this earlier. Like, you know, what makes what makes a song good? Do you just formulize that, yeah. and then you pump out a bunch of songs like that? It's like no, you want uniqueness. You well, want. Yeah, or if you're Britney Spears, or exactly. <laughs> right. Well, there was the thing about Adele where they she used some some format for a song, and it just happened to be like the format that is the most popular with human beings or something. Yeah. There's, there's a great uh, there's a great like um, YouTube. There's a video like the Four Chord Orchestra or something like that. And they literally go through like hundred of the most famous songs, and they play them nonstop, mm-hmm. back to back. And yeah. All that same. Well, as you heard, they used to sing on Bob Thomas' Rockefeller Group, and and they would make they did parody songs. But one of them that I just thought was really uh really true was uh, it, it kind of went along the lines of you know professing my love to you now and gonna act like you're spurning me and now. You know, expressing this, and then they, yeah, they talked it out, right? Yeah. But the whole point was that if you listen to it, you could literally apply any that any boy band song. Yeah. You know, like, you know professing my undying love. Oh, we broke up now, and now let's try to get back together. I'll do anything for you. You know, and that was the whole point of the song. It was really there, yeah. you know, the formula of the boy band song. Well, this is this is we've really gotten off topic here, but you know, I know I think we're on topic because I think. No, but, but you here's the thing it. about that, though. That formula works with a very specific niche of the target market. Yep. And doing it yep. over and over, you can predict the results based on yeah, that, right? Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't work on you know, the, wide, the wide market, which is, you know, so... Yeah. I, I yeah. As you get further down the funnel, you you slowly break from the mold. Right, right. right. You, you have, here's our big thing, but as we get to know you, we might have a template, like, like I'm throwing that thing that you do, that you have well, your website, right? an introduction. Your website is pretty standard for everybody coming to your website. Yeah. But the demo now, just depending on what, what webinar they attend or what demo, yeah. is tailored towards that problem. Yeah. Then if they want to talk to you afterwards, now it's a one-to-one relationship. Yeah. You know, now, but then, but then we go back to a proposal that's for everybody. Right. So like all of a sudden, yeah, like we yeah. can jump back to, well, this is just what we send to everybody. Yeah. So it's, how can you slowly break from that? That's well, a great. That's another. And the, the consultative sell, I think there there's so many people that folk, you know, every sales trainer, they're they're good. They're talking about how do you draw, how do you ask a question. Right. Like don't don't get someone signed up for a demo. Get them on the call and say, yeah. well, here's how you do this, and then check out this feature, check out this, like. Spend five minutes. Say, hey, how do you do this today? Because you don't have to show them everything. You don't have to tell them everything. Find out, identify what 
what that thing is. It's 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 right? It, it, it's just like going and asking venture capital for money. You got to tell them why your product, what pain point it addresses, right? Mm-hmm. And with the customer, you got to identify their pain point, and you know, hopefully, you've got a solution that will help them fix yeah. that. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to make their pain point address your problem. Yeah, your solution. You want to identify well, their pain. Doctors are not going to prescribe aspirin for every. Right. Unless right. you're in the military. Yeah. <laughs> and it comes in the Marine Corps. Every time you want, oh, here's some uh, 800 milligram ibuprofen. Yeah. Come back at the store. I remember those things. You know, so yeah. Yeah. And, and it's one of those things. You, if in a good, in a good company, as you're developing solutions, you you identify the language around those solutions, yeah. and and you want to you want to have. We wanted to build a tool that helps a salesperson curate the best. Solution. So, so let's, let's talk a little bit more about that. So, so we talked about the blog and what you're achieving there. You're really kind of touching these different stories, these different mm-hmm. building authority over time, getting people to to know that you understand their business. You guys also do webinars. Yeah. And how does how does you know is is a webinar a shorter distance between a you know the prospect and a close? Is it a different type of customer? Is it, uh, you know, how do you see, do they feed each other? You know, how do you see them kind of fitting uh, as, as marketing mediums and strategies? Um, I, well, I'll answer by saying I think the most surprising thing to me about webinars is that um, what I tend to notice is that whether or not someone attends the webinar is irrelevant to whether or not they'll close if they're the right fit. Like, like the profile matters than whether or not they attend, but the follow-up is, is incredibly important, right? So, um, so whether or not you um, you sign up, if you're if you're the profile of the person that we're targeting, um, and and I'm fairly confident that you have the problem that we we target you because we know that we can solve right. that particular problem. Um, if you sign up and you don't show, but I send you the replay and a um, and a, a one-page overview um, from the sales rep, you, you'll you know you'll get back. You'll say, hey, yeah. I missed it because I had a meeting. I had this. Like we hope we hope you're happy meeting. We hope you're you're doing more business and that's yeah. okay. We're you know so not so is it. it a fairly consistent close rate between people that attend? And people that don't attend that you just follow yeah, up. I've always found that generally like an attendance rate of thirty percent is is standard, but um whether you know, whether it it was a high attendance um or low attendance, the percentage of people that close is kind of the same. Wow. Um, Interesting. That's and that that's um and how does that how does so so blogging webinars now conferences? You know, so you yes. pay to do events. How does how is you know how do you how do you what's your strategy when you're going into a conference and and basically building that out? Yeah, my my strategy is is twofold. I mean, as a as a marketer, um, I I have two agendas when I'm at a, when I'm going to a conference and connect connect with people. You know, as many cards. You know, you go to the session, sit at a table, connect with people. Um, try to get them to stop by your booth, and then it's also finding the people who are speaking, get introducing yourself in a way that says like, hey, like 
you know, say, hey, that was a great presentation. I'd love to have you do a guest blog post. I'd love to seeking out ways to use that to generate more content. I think it's important when, especially when you're when you're early stage, align yourself with um, with the thought leaders in your space. And it, it's not hard to ask to say, you know, do you mind swapping a couple blog posts or um, yeah. What it is and, and just I think be, I think Marty's probably got half a dozen people on the show that way. You know, just just these are people that are thought leaders in the same industry we are. Mm -hmm. You know, sharing their knowledge with our audience doesn't hurt us at all. You know, like, and I think to I think to Doug's point, what you know, what thought leaders are looking for in the crowd when they engage are people that think they have something to say. Mm -hmm. And you know, I mean, Doug obviously is a thought leader in, in in our space, and you know, he's inundated with people that are constantly asking questions, et cetera. But you know, when you you know when you connect with someone that you know has something to say and they're willing to say it, mm -hmm. it, it makes a huge difference. Yeah, um, that that person immediately you know jumps ahead of the queue, if you will. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it's absolutely important that you engage with, you know, yeah. with thought leaders in, in your space. And I think I think a lot of people make the mistake that it's, that, that they need to, you know, I'm not going to talk to all those leaders in the space because I want I'm competing with them. I want to be a leader in the space, and I think it's a huge mistake. You know, I mean, a huge, huge mistake. Even people that we do directly compete with. If they're open to it, I would love them to talk to our clients too. Mm -hmm. Our clients aren't going to leave us, you know, based on that. Right. They're going to leave based on whether we're doing a good job or yeah. not. You know, so introducing someone to your competitor or, or a great article that they wrote. You know, I remember when we were when I worked at Exact Target. You know, there was lots of companies that were putting out awesome stats on email and everything else. And, you know, it was no, no, don't, don't mention that. Don't, you know, and in the background, was I, 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 I'm trying to think of the one company. There was one company. Um, they started with. Uh, they, they started. It was Campaign Monitor. Okay. Campaign Monitor did this uh, matrix of HTML features and email clients to basically show email designers what the best you know ways to design the email. But they did it so thoughtfully and well laid out that it made perfect sense when you saw it. And I was like, oh, my God, I, I want to share this with everybody. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> the competitor did that. You don't show that to everybody. Well, why not? It's great information for our clients, too. Our clients aren't going to leave based on that, you know. Yeah. But there seems to be this fear internally that, you know, you, no, you don't compliment the you know, the competitors are showing their stuff, you know, the God forbid, you know. Yeah. And um but I think, you know, in it in this day and age it's people buy from people. Mm -hmm. Chris will say that a million times, right? Yeah. Zig Ziglar, you yeah. know. And uh and and so if if they're a better person than you are for their problems, you're gonna lose them regardless. Yeah. Today, tomorrow, the next that, week, whatever. Yeah, that's a that's good in principle, be the best in the world. For the niche that you, yeah, like it, it's not, um, yeah, it, I, I, it's clever to say be the best in the world, but be the best in your world, and your sphere of influence, be the best at, at that, and right. um, and watch that grow. One of the things I experiment with is the, um, 
experiment with with LinkedIn, and um, you know, I think I think that's a powerful medium to to engage. And it's not about jumping in and saying, "Hi, I'm here, and I have a product." It's, you know, I try to make it a regular practice to go to a LinkedIn group. It's somewhere somewhere in my sphere. And just answer someone's question, engage, ask a question, just um, and and have it be genuine. Yeah. And um, and then also in terms of conferences, you know, I went to the Sales 2.0 conference, and and um, you know, previous to that, I bought two weeks of LinkedIn ad targeted just at that group. I, nice. I just want to make sure that that when they see us. Maybe they saw us in LinkedIn. You know, nice. like, so, so how do you do that on that end? At this point, I'm not sure how effective it was, but yeah. I'm like, you want them to, you want people to have seen you before. Yeah. You, you don't want to show up and not be the first time that they've ever seen that. And so, how do how do you take advantage of these, of these mediums and 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 with LinkedIn's ability to to target? Hey, I just want to send it to this group and yeah. it's the Sales 2.0 conference group, and I'm going to that conference. Right. Right. That's brilliant. That's the biggest mistake that every organization makes when it comes to events. The organizations that invariably lose are the ones that just show up. Yeah. To your point, 70% of every hand you shake at an event, I mean, in a perfect world, should be someone that you've actually connected with earlier, mm-hmm. you had a conversation with, and they know you'll be there and you know they'll be there. Yeah. I love, I love the tools like that. Uh, Plancast and Lanyard, and Lanyard is incredible for that, you know, that I can see literally where everybody I know is going, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, it, and it, it's the one that gets me, if I was an event planner, I would make sure I would tell everybody, put it on Plancast, put it on Lanyard, everybody, you know, because I start to get jealous when I start to see, you know, 10 of my friends are going to be at this conference. I'm not going to be there, you know. When you see a competitor that is, you know, is having you put your card in a fishbowl or scanning yeah. your, 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 you know, your conference badge, um, you know, you should just, you should be applauding them because that's the worst thing they can be doing. Yeah. yeah. I like, now, Chris Baggett has a good approach, though. Chris, Chris's approach is always, um, if you'd like a copy of this presentation, I'd really love to send you an, an email about it. Just drop off your business card to me. So it's not win an iPad or whatever and drop it in the fishbowl, but it's very it, – it, it's proactive letting them know that you want to get a hold of them and, you know, you're giving permission to get a hold of me. And I, yeah. I kind of like that approach to it, you know. But, yeah, I'm with you. Drop it in the fishbowl. Now I, now I start to get spammed to death. I, I've seen events where – some really savvy companies will have they'll have events, but then they'll have an event within an, an event where you can't get into a presentation with a keynote speaker if you haven't already had that conversation before. Oh, interesting. So you have this crowd of you know the seventy percent that are just like complete unknowns essentially. It's like scratching a lottery ticket. Yeah. Whereas you have the other people that have already been engaged and are engaging, mm-hmm. and they're the ones that get, you know. i, I got to tell you, every conference I go to, I'm the worst conference attender ever. Every conference I go to, I spend the most time in the hotel bar with 
everybody at the conference. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I never, I never go back to my room. It's like, even if I'm dead tired, I'm like, let me go down to the hotel. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and there's everybody, you know, in the industry sitting there talking and, you know, doing business with each other and everything else. And it's always like, God, this is fantastic. And then the other one is, I'm the idiot that spends the most time in the vendor section. I love going to the vendor section and talking to all of those people because I learned so much about what technology is coming, everything. Mm-hmm. I could go to a, a class on, you know, how to advertise on LinkedIn or whatever, but, or I could go to the LinkedIn booth. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's really funny because everybody's in these in these conferences at all of the training, and I'm walking alone in the vendor getting meeting Scott Monty at Ford or, you know, some of the top developers at WordPress yeah. or, you know, and I'm just like, why is everybody else in there? They should be over here. And I think to Doug's point, if you if you get to the place at an event where you're actually drinking with people, yeah. Yeah. that's the definition of engagement. Yeah. And there's a higher likelihood you'll close deals with them. Or, or definitely create a, a long-term relationship where, you know, something else happens. Right. Yeah. Something, something. Yeah, happens. we make some mistakes thinking that the only value is in getting from the buyer product. This, right. Tonight, I mean, right. I, I love it when that happens, but there, there are certainly other benefits to a relationship. Well, it's the old networking thing. You know, do, do, do you, do your sales come from your immediate network or do they come from your network's network mm-hmm. or your network's network's network? You know, and I think people are always trying to build a direct relationship. I want to tie this back directly. We went to that event, and they bought from us. But I don't think a lot of people pay attention to, yeah, he was at a company that attended the event, and he told our boss about what you guys were doing, mm-hmm. you know, and, and now I'm on your site checking you out. Yeah. And companies, I think, underestimate the, the impact of that network, network, yeah. if you will. Yeah. I, we could do a whole other session on referral. I was just telling you guys that we're going to talk to this company on Monday, Inbound Writer, you know, um, I was checking out their site, inboundwriter.com, and um, the first thing I did was send an email out to a bunch of people that I knew. <laughs> Check this out. Yeah. You know, and so, you know, it was not their direct sale to me. It was, you know, an indirect, you know, relationship that I had with other people. And I think those those conferences are, are just built on that. Yeah. You know, or people know of you through someone or you know, uh, stop, to your point, stop looking for dollar. how many dollars did we sell at the event? I had someone once that gave me a, we went to the National Restaurant Association and he gave me a quota of how many people that I was going to sell at the event. I didn't sell one. I, I mean, it was the most ridiculous thing ever. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get someone to invest in a $1,000 system, you know, by cheesily walking up to them at a conference and saying, come see a demo right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, well, we got we got a few minutes. Um, obviously, you changed your Twitter. I did. I what did. What's that? Um, <laughs> that was, uh, was it painful? It, the Isaac 6 has been a part of me <laughs> since my first blog on that, I don't know. 
yeah. long ago that was, um, sometime early college, and um, now it's Isaac Peller. And so, uh, so was the Isaac fix? Was that was that uh, was that you know about your your manliness or about about <laughs> about marketing? <laughs> 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 I just believe it's like your eyes that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, it's um yeah, I just thought I had a ring to it and um yeah. I debate whether or not I should have changed it, but um That's the best thing to do. It is. It is. So now you're Isaac Peller and Isaac Peller. So for people listening, I S A A C P E L L E R I N. Yeah. That's making me think I should have stayed stuck with the Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to double check the spelling a couple of times here as I was uh, tweeting it, but uh, no, it worked. It worked. And yeah. and Tinderbox is of course at get get Tinderbox. Yeah, get Tinderbox dot com. Uh, keep an eye on the site. Webinars are forthcoming. Be yeah. sure to see. Chris Baggett's going to be in yeah, May 8th, and then um, so yeah. we've got a, a series talking about marketing and sales alignment with Right On Interactive um, starting May 15th, Great. and that'll be um, every two weeks, three webinars um, just around that whole topic. Great. That's awesome, and, and uh, hopefully we get to do another one with you. It was really fun. Yeah, yeah um, for sure. Did we sell anything off of it? Um, <laughs> I'll have to get back. Yeah, I haven't run the numbers yet. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, thanks, Isaac. I really appreciate you spending the time. And uh, and uh, we, we need a new ad for for SurveyMonkey. We still have the Zoomerang stuff. But um, the SurveyMonkey, if you guys have not checked it out, I tweeted this, and you should really go check it out. They have a new interface that they're testing right now. They're just testing it. Um, but I might, have, I might have leaked the link. To my thirty thousand followers. Oh, they know what happened. Yeah, that was Well, I reread the email and it didn't say like private or anything like that. And the URL wasn't like one of those obscure yeah. URLs. So hopefully I'm not in trouble or anything. But oh my gosh, just an awesome like drag and drop, really cool interface to create a survey in. So I'm I'm really excited about that. And then um, we have a surprise for them too. They're, they're probably not listening. But but we have a surprise that we have an infographic that's coming out for Survey Monkey too, um, and uh, and it's like the ten ways to basically build response for for a survey, um, just because those guys are great at it. And uh, and then uh, anything else you want to tell people? Facebook, obviously, you guys. Yeah, yeah, we're on we're on Facebook. Google Plus. We're on Google Plus, so um, you can find us at all those channels and. Um, and and I'm I'm serious when I say this. We we love learning about how you know this is a new space. You yeah. Know, how do, how do you make proposals more engaging? And the, we all of our innovations are coming from listening to how people do it. And, yeah. Um and and what pains they're having. We we want to have a product that that meets the needs. Um, you know, from from the from the mom pop shops to the enterprise and and what are the different workflows and. Um, so, so check out our blog, leave comments, um, LinkedIn. Just, um, yeah, yeah if, you're, if you're doing any selling at all, I would highly recommend the blog just because it, it talks about, you know, just all of um, basically advice associated with selling and management mm-hmm. of sales and everything else. So, 
Well, thank you, Isaac. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate appreciate you guys. Well, that's it. And we will. Do you know who next week is? I'm hoping next week is uh, Michael Bruno of Edelman Digital. Oh, uh, big, big, uh, fingers crossed. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll talk to you guys next week then. Connect with us anytime at marketingtechblog.com. And from there, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Tech Blog.